Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Welcome to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. Thank you for joining, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're listening through your podcast platform device. We thank you for tuning in. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for listening. Got an interesting episode today. It's going to kind of piggyback off the last one where I talked about Christianity in decline, quote unquote, really is what I should do there. Air quotes. If you're listening, uh, is Christianity really in decline? And in that, I gave one of the reasons because uh, one of the reasons Christianity may seem to be in decline is because we have pastors and pulpits that don't teach the true word of God. They're not teaching uh, the whole counsel of God. They're not teaching the truth from God's word. They're teaching things that people want to hear, itching ears. Uh, they're scratching itching ears, so to speak, things like that. So uh, this is kind of piggybacking off of that today. And this is going to be a a few part series here that I'm doing because Ligonier Ministries, if you're not familiar with Ligonier Ministries, you need to be familiar with Ligonier Uh, You can Google Ligonier Ministries, uh, even R.C. Sproul, uh, anything like that. You can come across Ligonier Ministries. But they have put out this state of theology. They do this so often. And the most recent state of theology has come out. You can catch this. You can look at what I'm about about to share with you at www.thestateoftheology.com. All lowercase, no spaces, no no anything. Thestateoftheology.com. And we're going to take a, a couple of different episodes, a few different episodes to, to kind of look at this material. So what, what ultimately has happened here with the state of theology is uh, they want to see what Americans believe about God's salvation and ethics and the Bible. So they, they set out to ask adults questions about the Bible, questions about God, questions that uh, are general questions. And then they ask evangelicals or, or people that would profess to be believers what they think the answer to that question is or what they believe as well. So this is ultimately uh, sort of getting a pulse on what our society or what our country thinks of when they think about these questions and as they relate to God and the Bible. So the very first thing that we're going to look at here today, and I'm going to share my screen with you so you can see this, is we're going to look at, the, of course, the state of theology here. You have it on the screen if you're watching. Uh, we're going to roll through this. We're going to look at some of these questions. So the first question is, essentially, does God change? And it's asked in a way that is very interesting that I believe that we need to take a look at as uh, from a biblical standpoint just to see who God is and uh, who God is and who he says he is. And just look at what is is going on here with these questions and answers. So I'm just going to read this real quick. Does God change? As we look at ourselves and at the world, it is clear that human beings belong with the rest of creation, undergo frequent changes. But does this principle of change apply to God as well? Now, we change. Our world changes. Our, our culture changes. Uh, our, our own uh Families go through changes in life. We go through changes in life. But does this apply to the God of the Bible? Now, if you're listening and you're not a believer, we are talking about the God of the Bible that you uh, hear about and, and have likely heard about. 
We're talking about the God of this universe, the one that created this world in six literal days, I believe, and on the seventh he rested. We're talking about that God. So uh, when we think about does God change, that is ultimately what this question is. So uh, it goes on to say here that the Bible affirms the truth that the triune God, that's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is both omniscient, meaning that he knows all things, and immutable, meaning that he cannot and does not change. They give some scripture references here, Isaiah 46, 10, uh, and we'll come back to these here in just a minute because I want to show you this and what our culture, what, what Americans think when they think, does God change? So the question was posed to adults this way. God learns, well, this is an agree or disagree kind of question. So it's a statement, and then these people agree or disagree. God learns and adapts to different circumstances. So let me just play that out. Most times, this plays itself out when you're talking about predestination, the doctrine of election, things like that. There is this view of predestination that God looks down the tunnels of time and sees who is going to choose him, and then he elects them or predetermines their salvation based off what he learns by looking down these corridors of times. There's these other folks that would say, well, God doesn't know what I'm going to put on in the morning, so as I'm putting on my clothes, he learns that I'm going to wear a green shirt today or a red shirt, or he knows I'm going to wear these shoes compared to those when I put them on and make that decision. This ultimately plays itself out in world events. Uh, let's look at 9-11, for instance. This We just celebrate. Well, we didn't celebrate. We uh, mourned 9-11 again and the tragedy there. Um, but it plays itself out in a way that God didn't understand what was going on until he's seen it all unfold. And he changed. And he lear- as he learned these events that are happening, he began to change and do things. So there's this. this, this it's a bad view. Let me just say that of God learning, because as we've read here in in the beginning of this survey, that we believe that both uh, that God is both omniscient and immutable, meaning he knows all things and he does not change. But what does the general public think about this? God learns and adapts to different circumstances. U.S. adult respondents, 51% agree that God learns and adapts to different circumstances. 51% agree versus 32% who disagree. Now, those are adults. That doesn't necessarily mean that those are believing adults. Well, so we have numbers like this. Let's see if that changes now whenever we roll into asking evangelicals, those that profess to be believers, those that should have some sort of knowledge of God and his word. Let's see if that, let's see if that changes. Same statement. God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Look at this. 48% of evangelicals agree. And it says this, despite the clear teaching of Scripture, this year's survey reveals that approximately half of evangelicals believe that God learns and adapts to various situations, meaning that they believe God does change. 48% of evangelicals agree, while 43% disagree. And then there's a 9% there that's not sure. So, Ultimately, I believe you can roll that 9% in with the 48%. If they're not sure, then they don't know their Bible. They don't know who God is. So I want to be gracious here. Let's go back up and look at these texts. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10 says this, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel 
God's counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. That tells us that God's purposes will come to pass. Whatever he wills will come to pass. We will not change his mind. Everything that he has willed, he has already thought through and he knows exactly what's going to happen in this in this world and in this life. So he knows it all. Malachi 3.6, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Do you hear that? Malachi 3.6, for all of those that are unsure whether or not God changes or not, listen to this again. For I, the Lord, do not change. I do not change. Let's change. Let's look at James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good and perfect gift, everything that is of God is unchanging and it will accomplish God's good purposes. Let's look at 1 John 3.20. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows, guess what that last word is going to be, folks? Everything. God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. How many of you have a teenager in the home or maybe a, a preteen? I think they're calling them tweenies now. They're in between kind of this kid stage and this teenager stage. So they think they know everything. They think they got it all figured out. They think they 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 have uh, life figured out. They have all of these things that are going for them. They know better than their parents do in their heart. They know exactly what they need, what they want, what they're going to do. But in reality, they don't know everything there is to know like us parents do. So let's look at that in light of who God is. God knows everything that we don't. We may know some things. God has revealed some things to us in his word, but we don't know everything. We will not understand or know what God knows in this lifetime because we are finite beings. We are enclosed. We are kind of entrapped in time and space. God is infinitely greater. He is infinite. He is outside of time and space. So he can know all things and he cannot change one bit. A lot of people say that the cross is plan B because plan A failed. No, the cross was plan A from beginning because we read the Bible, especially Malachi 3, 6, uh, that the Lord does not change his plans. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew exactly about the fall in the garden. He knew that all men and women would be born with a sin nature and need a savior, somebody to keep the law to a T perfectly. And that person was going to be Jesus. He would die. He would be buried and he would ascend back into heaven at the right hand of God. And all through this, God does not change. And you may say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, you can't have the New Testament without the old and you can't have the old without the new. The Old Testament teaches us a lot about the New Testament and vice versa. So the two go hand in hand. They're not separate from one another. So let's just look at the New Testament, if that's you saying that. Again, every good gift and every perfect thing is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And again, 1 John 3.20, God is greater than our heart. He knows everything. So for those adults that don't be believe or agree that God doesn't change. They believe he does. They simply don't know their Bibles. They think they know it, but they truly don't. And we're talking about 48% of evangelicals and 9% that aren't sure. So that in itself, this, this first statement that we're going through has truly 
a uh, devastating ring to it when it comes to believers because they don't know the word of God. They believe that God can change, and if God can change, he ceases to be God. If God learns anything as it unfolds, as history begins to unfold, if he learns anything, he is no longer omniscient. That's what that means, is all-knowing. Uh, that's one of the three omnis. There's uh, omniscience, omnipresent, and omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is everywhere at all times, and he is all-knowing, knowing every single thing. And I've got some other scriptures that I want to read to you uh, that I believe would do us well. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 24 says, And they prayed and said, You, Lord, know the hearts of all men. You know the hearts of all men. When we look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels, we see that Jesus being the God-man, God incarnate, he knew the hearts of men. He knew what they were thinking because God knows everything. There are things that we'll never understand. There's things that we'll never know what people are thinking, but God knows all things. He knows exactly what's going to happen the rest of this day. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen in the future. He knows all things. In the moment, he stops knowing all things. And the first thing he has to learn, whether that be looking down the corridor of time and figuring out who's going to be uh, saved, who's going to choose him and who's not, and then electing them off that, if he learns then, He's no longer omniscient and he is no longer God because that is one of the attributes of God that he is all knowing. And if one of those attributes fail and they break down at any point, then he ceases to be God. So we believe and know that God is all knowing. That is extremely important for all believers because we have to understand that. And, and sadly, 48 plus 9 percent that aren't sure uh, do not believe that God is apparently who he says he is. So that means that they don't know their Bibles. And then uh, if we get down in here, uh, we see, where is it? I got this on here really quick. Um, yeah, Psalm 139, verse 4. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it. Matthew 10, 30, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered, and all-knowing God knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. Uh, and then we can look down through here. Um, it, I love this one. If we were to go back and read the first three verses along with Psalm 139, 4, let's look at 1 through 4. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down. And when I rise up, you understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. And again, verse four, even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it. So we believe and we teach that God is all knowing and God is not going to change for anyone. So somebody could make the argument. Well, what about Abraham when he uh, change the mind of God that if he could find so many people that are righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah that he would not rain down judgment upon that city. And he said, okay, if you find 20, if you find 15, if you find 10, if you find five, I won't do this. Well, God knew already that there weren't going to be that many righteous people in that city. 
So he went back and forth with Abraham, but ultimately God knew exactly how many people were righteous in there. And he knew exactly that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He knew why he knew how, and he knew that Lot's wife would even turn around and become a pillar of salt. He knew that before they even fled. God knew all things. And you may come to a, a place in the scriptures that may seem like God changed his mind, but we have to keep in mind that God knew all along. God is all knowing. There is nothing that he's going to learn. There is nothing that we can do to teach him anything. He's all knowing. And then he's not going to change one bit. We can try to change the mind of God. And that's what happens in our prayers. A lot of time we try to pray to God that we would change his mind to take this or do this for us and help us here and, and make this happen. But ultimately when we pray, we are not trying to get God to do things for us. When we pray, we are trying to and supposed to be lining our will up with his will because he knows all things. He knows what's best for us. He knows what our future looks like. He knows if we're going to get that job promotion. He knows if we're going to lose our jobs. He knows all things. So when we pray, we can ask for things, yes. But those good and perfect gifts are coming down from heaven, and they're not going to be no. There's not going to be any shadows or anything due to change. So there's going to be no change with God at all. He's going to do what He said He's going to do. He knows all things. He's not going to learn anything from you. He's not going to learn anything from the next terroristic threat. He's not going to learn anything from the next natural disaster. He already knows them, and he is providentially ruling and working and reigning through each one of those things. So we have to just simply go back to the Bible and look at the scriptures about who God is and who he says he is, because there are a lot of people in our world that do not know, number one, the answer to the question, if God can change, they don't know the answer to the question. Nine percent of evangelicals, they're not sure if God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Um, 39 percent strongly disagree. And, and then again, you have the four percent and that gives gives us that 48 percent agree with the statement that God learns and adapts to different circumstances. A lack of biblical knowledge is ruining this culture. A lack of biblical knowledge is ruining lives. So I would encourage you, this is where we're going to end this episode. Find a biblical church that is teaching the true word of God, the whole counsel of God, and you plug your you and your family into that church and you serve for the glory of God and be fed the true word of God. So when you're asked a question, does God change? Does he learn? You can say, absolutely not. You can strongly disagree to that statement. Not just disagree, but strongly disagree. A lack of biblical teaching in the pulpits for years has led to one of the dumbest biblical cultures I've ever been around. And I say that not to be mean, and I don't say that to be rude, but we have got to stop tickling ears and scratching behind people's ears and giving them what they want and giving them what they need. So find a church that teaches the whole counsel of God without apology. They teach the hard things, easy things, and everything in between. Find it, serve in it for the glory of God, and you be fed on a daily basis. And if you're a pastor listening and you're not teaching the whole counsel of God, I would strongly challenge you to change what you're doing. Teach through books of the Bible. Teach in context. Teach all of these things because it matters so we don't have people that are running around in our own community so biblically literate that it's 
nauseating. So find the answers in the scriptures, not in what you think, not in your emotions. Preach the whole counsel of God. Attend a church that boldly preaches the whole counsel of God. If you need help finding said church, whatever, whatever area you're in, I can help you do that. Just reach out, leave a comment, whatever. Send an email, doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can reach me there. Um, but we need to be biblical literate people, especially if we are believers and especially if we profess Christ and him crucified. So that's part one for today. Uh, we are going to look on the next episode. Are we born innocent? That is that is a uh, a, a good one. Um, another sad one, though. So the state of theology in, in 2022 is a mess as, as I see it right now. So uh, again, the state of theology.com is where you can find these things. We'll talk through them. Leave a comment. What do you think? Before you uh, listen to this episode, do you agree that um, God learns and adapts, or do you disagree that God learns and adapts? And has this been any help to change your mind as we've looked at various scriptures from the Old and New Testament? If so, leave a comment, and if you could, like and subscribe. It doesn't do anything for me. It just helps get this content out to more people, hopefully, so they will be less biblically literate. We can get it in the hands and in front of the, the eyes and and ears of many people. So like and subscribe if you can. If you, if you can't, if you don't want to, totally fine. Um, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But uh, I do thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, God bless.